The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 28th, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 83. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I am Derek Eagleton, and I'm joined by normal cast here. We are talking Cowboys football with you guys for about an hour. And uh, we are going to uh, get into a little deeper talk today about the Washington Redskins. Cowboys face the Redskins Thursday night. It is Thursday night football this week for you guys paying attention at home. Uh, so we'll talk about both their offense and their defense. Dave's going to give us a scouting report on both today. Um, we're going to go to Amber and Nick, and they'll tell us what they uh, think is most uh, alarming or interesting or uh, just something that they're keeping an eye on with regards to those two units. Uh, but first, got to start uh, by talking a little bit about some injuries, some injury updates, uh, and some players that missed practice yesterday and, and what we expect from them. This is like a Friday this is like a Friday for the this team. A, this is a Friday for the team. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes, yeah, this is a Friday. This is a Friday for the team. Can't keep it. Are I we just, having a show tomorrow? We're going to have a show tomorrow. And then Friday, Friday, all of you guys are going to be off. We're going to send you guys away. I won't be. I have. No, Jack Cover 4 on Friday? Sorry. I thought y'all taped that on Thursday. So almost Cowboys on Friday, oh, I guess too. You can't because of the game. <laughs> well, you can just do it before the game. Why would you tape a show before the game if it's going to uh, run on TV? Say it, Derek. Say what you want to say. <laughs> say it. Say what you want to say. I'm not going to say what I want to say. It's all right. You know what I want to say. I'll I know. Be, I'll, I'll be here for What you. horrible song is that? There is a song. John Mayer, say what yeah. you need to say. It's not horrible. Yes, it is. Pretty good. Any pretty song good. where you say the same lyric 47,000 times catchy. in a row. It's catchy. Hmm. Kent, what do you think? I don't even know the song, so. I like a simple song every now and then. See? I don't know. Do the fans know? That Kent, I'm that going Kent is a musician. Like they in don't previous know. life, he actually traveled the world singing and playing. I feel music. like had a top forty hit, right? Yeah. No right. top forty, right, Kent? Yeah. Our A ones since day one, like the real crazy not crazy, but like the real passionate fans who like really keep up with everything, they know. They know? Yeah. Uh I don't think that's a widely known thing though. Forever the sickest kids. That's the name of the band, right? Yep. Pretty damn good. Yeah. They're on the warp tour, toured the world. Sold out arenas. One day we're going to have story time with Kent, and we're going to have him tell us his craziest <laughs> oh, story from the road. He has to have We'd at least have to do one. that after dark. It'd have to be a late night show. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, have you not heard story? some of the stories that Nick tells? I think we could probably That's get true. away with it. No way. And Amber's mouth on this show? I mean, I think <laughs> we could probably get away with it. True. Yeah. But- oh, cool. So we're off Friday. Okay, cool. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I was gonna say, Kent, Kent. We're talking about a guy, you know, in a band, like in a world tour. <laughs> That's probably some good stuff, right? <laughs> Depends on your definition of good. This is Kent's nightmare right now. It is. Yeah. He's probably sitting over there, like <laughs> he's like, he's like line one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to injury talk. Um, start first. I guess there were four guys from the Cowboys who did not practice yesterday: Lyle Collins, uh, Justin Durant, Anthony Hitchens, Sean Lee. Uh, tell me about which ones are most concerning, or which ones you think are just. Uh, symptomatic of just giving a guy a little time off? Well, Jerry Jones said this morning on the radio, uh, you know, his weekly radio interview, that they hope they'll have Sean Lee back soon, but he doesn't so. He doesn't know when soon is. And mm. ho- hopefully it's soon, but he doesn't know what that means. So so probably not this week, doesn't I'm sound, Doesn't sound like a guy who's ready to play in 48 hours, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you think about it, that... It, 
it's you think of it in terms of games and you're like, well, he only missed two games against when he was out the first time. You forget there was a bye week thrown in there as well, like a full week and a weekend off where so that's an added nine days where you're not really in the weekly grind. So this will be his third full absence since he uh, injured the hamstring in Atlanta. But that's only 12 days. So the wonkiness of the schedule right now really kind of messes with him. Like if this had happened at a different time in the season, I think it would have been better for him, but that's neither here nor there. So it doesn't look like he's going to be there Thursday. We, we all know what that tends to mean for the defense. <laughs> um, I don't have a good read on the Hitchens situation. It's a groin injury. It's it's well, yeah, it's, it's related. I mean, he played through it. So there's every possibility um, that he could get himself up for it. I don't know the fact that it's not a short week, but it's not the long week that you typically get after a Thursday game. So I don't know. We'll see what he does today. That could be really telling. Durant's a concussion, and, you know, typically with that, you're either, like, good to go or you're going to miss again. Like, for instance, Zach Martin had the same thing, and he was back at practice already. Right. Seems like a good bet that he'll be available Thursday. But not Durant. I don't know about Durant. The, the interesting thing with a concussion, it, it seems like, and again, none of these things are the same, but it seems like when you get to what would be a Friday, or at least what would be a Thursday, and the guy still has not practiced with a concussion, that doesn't seem like it's a it's great. That's I. It seems like there's like that's kind of what I meant is not good to go, but like you go through the protocol and it's like okay, like you're fine, you're you're cognitively you're good. It seems like you kind of missed a bullet here, and Zach Martin was. He was limited, but he was out there doing right. stuff yesterday. Because it's either all or none. You're not and just then, gonna be right. like, yeah. If if they, I mean, if you're not doing anything two days into the practice week, that tells me like, all right, calm down. You don't need to be out there doing the, you know, overexerting yourself like that. You need some time. But also, when you think about what needs to happen with the roster in a linebacker, like if you're not gonna have Durant, you're not gonna have Sean Lee, and Hitchens is banged up. You know what are you what are you doing there? That's a good really point. that's yeah. a good point, and the fact that they haven't added a linebacker this week maybe says that they feel good about Hitchens. They hope one of those guys can play. Yeah, but I'm still thinking this could be the most we've seen from like Justin Marsh Lillard so far this year. Well, the other thing to consider here is you are playing a team that probably, and we'll get into this when we start talking about uh, the way you match up against this team. But this is a team that throws the ball a ton, mm -hmm. especially now that their best running back is gone for the year. Ah, but is that, I mean, is that the case? Their best, I don't know, and that, that's what we're going to get into when we start talking about the, the Redskins breakdown, but their best running back is gone, but now, like, I think, and it's only one game, but it looks like they maybe adapted their style of play to fit what they have, because... What? I know. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You have an injury... You stick to the plan. There's, you don't adapt to another game plan. I, you don't do that. Crazy. Nobody does that. Nonsense, Dave. Shocking, I know. I hate but you, Nick. Well, <laughs> listen to, you know what, though? Hold on. Before we get right into what the Redskins are doing, are we into that right now? No, I mean, no, we still got, yeah. well, yeah. Just, just listen go to that. what happened yesterday when you when listen to the coordinators. Both of them, Scott, uh, Scott Linehan and Rod Marinelli, said the same thing in that, you know, you, you do what you do. And and I think the quote from, from Linehan was, you know, we're we're the same team that we were when we won three games in a, in a row uh, back just a few a month ago, which is not true. But he said, you know, you you, you just want to do what you do, and you just keep doing it hard, hard, do it better. You know, you know, just keep practicing and all these things. And it's like, 
that's to me that's the problem here that's the problem you can't just keep doing what you do and say we're the same team we were three weeks ago because you're not the thing is it sounds good and it's certainly if you can ever if you can actually get to that point then yeah now you've hit the holy grail of how you handle injuries in the nfl the problem is it just doesn't make sense when you think about it. if you could do if you could be the same team you were th- when you were on that three-game win streak then there, there's no way to do Let me say it like this. There's no way to do that in today's construct of the NFL where your depth is going to be affected because you can't, because of the amount of money that's on the cap, you cannot have players at every position and have depth at every position to be able to absorb all those injuries. You just can't. Uh, Alabama can do that because they yes. pull up the next five-star recruit. But yes. in the I, NFL, I don't know. That's what I wrote in my column. This isn't just like... Trent Green going down and Kurt Warner comes in and, and you know, a made-for-Hollywood-slash-Canton for story. It doesn't happen like that all the time. It's very rare that it, that an injury goes you know happens and then a guy just comes in and says, Honey, right. Romo, Deck, Prescott. That's rare. That's extremely rare. rare. And people don't realize how rare it is because of the way they're talking about Dak Prescott this year with the yeah. struggles that he's had. And I, I thought about that yesterday, too, which that kind of tends to get glossed over, but... This team did, you know, adapt really well to a major injury last year in the form of Dak Prescott, and I'm sure that must weigh heavily in their minds that hey, this has worked before. Like this, the whole reason people have high expectations for us is because we handled this type of adversity the right way before. So there's that line of thinking. I'm not saying I completely agree with it, but like I'm sure that line of thinking is there, and I I follow it at least. Although the difference is, if you want to go back to last year. They did adapt. Like, they didn't do the same things with Dak Prescott that they would have done with Tony Romo. They didn't. And so they did have to change things up. They ran ran some zone reads last year that they were not going to run with Tony Romo out there. So they did adapt. They did change. Uh Uh-huh. Tony Romo is a read option king. How dare <laughs> Right. Yeah, maybe in year three of his career. No. But I, I'm just saying, though, I, I just think they did adapt last year. And, and, and again, I just – I think some of this uh, – as tends to be the case in the NFL, I think some of this is probably overblown a little bit by us. I'm talking about the media um, that, because there is kind of this all or nothing. They probably did make some changes. They probably did adapt some things. Uh, but you're right, Nick. The, just the overall mindset of we're just going to throw the next guy in there and we're going to keep doing what we're doing, that just doesn't well, seem I guess to be when you the right hear, way to do it. When you, I mean, when you're waiting to hear Scott Linehan talk about this whole situation, you expect to hear something hopeful and something that, okay, at least, you know, they're going the right way and it gives you some hope in some of the changes they're doing. But one of the things he did say yesterday was kind of like, all right, well, we focus on the things we are doing well instead of the things that we're doing wrong or bad. Right. It's like, okay, well, what are those things that you are doing well? Not many. So how can you be focusing on that, on the positive, when the negative is overcoming the positive? And he said third down, uh, third down conversions is something we're doing well. Okay, but the problem is, is you're not doing anything on first and second down, so everything is a third down. I mean, like the Chargers didn't have many third downs because they just kept moving it up and down the field. <laughs> first down, first down, first down, first down. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I thought that was odd too that he said that because you're five and six and you've lost three in a row. Like there's obviously more bad things happening than the good. Yeah. I, I don't understand that mindset of we're we're gonna try to fix. We're gonna just just keep doing. I mean, what what does that mean? I think a lot of that, and I tried to articulate that yesterday too. Though is like 
if you admit it, then it's a then it's like this problem. And, it's a problem. Yeah, and then you know they know this stuff. They're not going to say it to you. And I'm not right. saying they're going to go make like wholesale changes. They're not going to do that. But they're just, like they're they don't want to put it out there that they agree with you about that stuff. Because guess what? Then you got a big headline yeah. saying Linehan colon. Yeah, there's but a at, problem. At least you want to yeah. feel like you're on the same page. That everyone is on the same page. Although you know they know. Obviously they know everything that's going on. But I will I will say this though, Amber. Like all of you guys, all three of you guys, spend time in that locker room and you talk to guys off the record. That's where you hear the real, right? So that's where you get to find out. You know, if if they if if they don't believe things are going right. They're going to say it. They just won't say it in front of the cameras. And so, you know, I think they, I think I agree with Dave. They know. They yeah. just don't want to put it out there publicly like that. But guarantee in these meetings this week, they're probably talking about those things that they don't do so well and saying, how do we improve this and what do we need to do differently? And yeah. I mean, that's a part of being a coach. And that's, I mean, we'll see what it means for the offense, but like they're, they're benching dudes and shuffling dudes in the secondary. So like they can say all they want about how. Yeah, stay right. the course like that's not true if they're benching people and shuffling things so right. i i think they know and they go about it their own way they don't want to admit it publicly or like put that out into the universe so why why not make a change at running back then why didn't they do that i don't know because they probably feel like right now they don't like they probably Arkansas feel like football. the running back <laughs> they probably feel like the running back position is one of the lesser of their concerns, and may feel like making a change there doesn't necessarily give you an appreciably better result. You know? Like, right now, I don't think the running game is horrible. I think the running game has been okay. I think the running game is the only thing that hasn't been horrible. But And the, and the, the difference is, this is the irony of the whole situation, <laughs> the running game has to be great in order for everything else to work. That's the problem. Yeah. But you don't have another guy to roll in here that's Ezekiel Elliott, right? So... You're not going to improve that to make it great until Zeke comes back. Right now, you just have to deal with what you have to deal with. So getting an okay running game is what you're going to have. Can you fill in with all those other things and so make all those other things better? Zeke's in, the running game is great, and a great running game makes everything else pretty good. But when he's not in, then it's just an average running game, and an average running game makes everything else bad. Yes. That's, you know my, that's, that's my belief. Hey, it works. I was at practice yesterday for, what, 10 minutes, yeah. and talk, talking to a guy that I don't really talk to a whole lot about stuff going on in the field and he said to me you know what this team needs this team needs more speed at receiver and i was like <laughs> yeah yeah they do yeah you're right you know it's a good point i, I was heard just like yesterday on the radio too i was driving home i was listening to this show on the radio and there were a bunch of media types from dallas that were on the air mm -hmm. and they went on for about 20 minutes on this team needs some speed at receiver and i was just like Nick is just like sitting there, just like, come on, man, come on. I think I've been saying it since everybody they had sees. Alexander Wright. Yeah, everybody sees that they. You guys don't even know who that is. No, I don't. Sorry. I remember the name. Played at Auburn. Mm -hmm. It was like 1990. He was drafted. He was drafted the same year as Emmett. Mm. How long did he play in the league? About three years. Mm. He was. Hey, he was on the uh, the reunion they had the other day, the 1992. Uh, oh yeah, I did team. recognize his face. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was the the little guy out there. Yeah, eighty one. Played for three years, huh? Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't that special. But I mean, he was a speed guy. You know, he was a guy drafted in the second round because he could run. He was a track guy. That's kind of what they need. They just need somebody like that. But if they don't have that, and they're not going to have it for a while, they need to at least use what they have. And and I think use the field. We said it yesterday. Spread the field a little bit. I will say this. 
I, I'm starting to disagree with you just a little bit on that. I don't want just the speed guy. I actually want them to get a fast guy that actually can play receiver, like a oh. a good fast guy. Okay, so, so first round. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually uh, want I want to see oh, them. So, so you're, I want to see them. I want to see them go out and get a a stud wide receiver. That's fine. So you're saying really first round? No, yeah. no way. You don't not in not in today's NFL. I do. Third round, Jarvis Landry. Third round, Juju Smith-Schuster. Third round, Zay Jones. Like you don't have to go Antonio Brown. Fifth, for, sixth round. Yeah, but that's an anomaly. Obviously, it's that, an anomaly. That's an anomaly. That's not. Hey, that who are the best example. receivers in the game right now? The five best. Julio. Guys who. Well, first round. A, a B. A B. Yeah. So he's in Julio, there. first round. Beckham, first round. Um, I thought Ed, going into the well, year that Mike Evans would be in that group, but he, the way that. Inconsistent. It just hasn't happened. You want to put Keenan Allen in there? Third round. Okay, here we go. Third round. Yeah, he is third round. I mean, Keenan hey, Allen. I just didn't Stop. know if you wanted to throw he him in there. Yeah. He made me eat my words. He made <laughs> and you actually said that, like, before the game, you were like, this dude's about to have an all-world day. And I mean, be like, I, God, he was good. I stand, really good. I stand by what I said. Like, like he, He's not the worst of the one receivers that they played. He's not as good as, like, Julio Jones. Okay, and yes, he but had there's a big delta between those two, right? I, I'm trying to – I can't even focus on who they – who's the best number ones that they've played. But he's not – Julio's the best number one they've played. He's not in the top, like, three number ones that they've played, probably, if I had to think about it. But we don't have to go there. Yeah, I have to go back. He made that. me eat my words. I'm sorry. I know Keenan Allen's list. Did he have the best day of a wide receiver the Cowboys have faced this year? Yes. Mm-hmm. By far? Yeah. Okay. Um, Is Josh Gordon in there? Best receivers? Josh Gordon? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. He might come back and have a 200-yard day. He does that sometimes. You can find a stud receiver in the third round. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, go find him. All I'm saying is I'm not. I don't think I'm just satisfied with saying go and get a, a track guy that may have deficiencies well, elsewhere. Go and get me a guy that can actually okay. play the position. Because I think right now one of the problems with the Cowboys receivers that you hear all the time is they're not great route runners. Well, throwing another guy out there in the mix who's not a great route runner, he's a one-trick pony that can just run a nine route, I don't know if that necessarily helps you in the long term. Yeah, and I think it all comes down to what happens with Dez. I mean, because if you have Dez on this team, then you you could just need need a speed guy. Dez ain't going anywhere. Okay, well, you just need a speed guy then. You just need a guy that can run, like Dave's saying, third round, whatever. But if you want that guy that can do everything, that's a difference maker, number one receiver with speed, yeah, those guys usually go – Higher than what the Cowboys are going to pick. Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are both late round guys. I don't, are they? I don't even know if Adam Thielen was drafted. No, nah, he, he wasn't drafted. Diggs was a fifth round. Thielen is one of those kind of guys, though, that I think that you know he just kind of fits his role really, really well. Um, I mean, Diggs. What makes him special is you're right. The speed is what makes him special. Like he can get downfield and get open, and you just don't have any answer for it. But that kind of guy is also going to be inconsistent. Some games he's going to have big plays. Other games he's not. So. You know, they, there was a speed guy drafted seven overall, could do everything, punt return from the Rams. Tavon Austin has not. Hasn't done has great. Not, no, not out. So Extremely inconsistent. So, yeah. got to be careful with that. I mean, there's cases for everything. But yeah. I just. Cooper Cup, third round pick. Is he a runner? Can he, is he really fast? He's No, he's not, but oh, okay. he's a good receiver. Yeah, he is. He's a, I mean, he's a great route runner. He's got awesome hands. He's not super fast, but it I've seen matter. him make some really outstanding catches this year as a runner. <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think? I just, I don't know. Just seemed like a white receiver right there. Just huh. good hands, not super fast, good route runner. Yeah, but he makes plays. He does. He makes plays. No, that's fine. That, that's definitely fine. Adam, I think the Cowboys know. could use a guy like that. Doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> just somebody that can make plays right yeah. now. And, you know, another thing that this team is lacking in, you know, Dak said it. I know, I know we talked about this on the show, but, I mean, just 
make some plays when when the ball's in their hand. I mean, break a tackle or three every now and again. That's that's one thing. And Dak hasn't. I mean, Dez has not done that at all this year. You know, they get the ball to Dez. He hasn't. I bet you the guy that's he did got it once in Arizona. It was a great play when he. I mean, he juked Peterson and like which bowled his way into the end zone. Feels like it happened about five years. Oh ago. yeah, Frederick's touchdown. But that's the only one that's really surprising great to play. me is is Dez. Like those that are the guys. Those play. aren't. Bit, they aren't. That's not their game. Uh, but that is Dez's game. That's the what's the the part that's surprising. He just that needs Dez some help. Those. Those kind of plays more. As as close as Dez and Terrence are, or they seem to be on and off the field, they're not good together. They 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 both need a different type of receiver on the other side, in my opinion. They both could be, you know, he just Dez needs a better number two, and Terrence needs a different number one, different type of number one. All right, let's take our first break. We'll come back. We're going to jump into the Cowboys versus the Redskins. Dave's going to give us a, a scouting report on both the offense and defense. We'll do when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Talking about Cowboys versus Redskins. Dave, let's do a uh, scouting report on these guys. All right, we'll take it real quick, especially because we've already played these guys. But uh, have we? Yeah, that was actually like back when the Cowboys were playing really well. Um, did we really? What I'm saying is, did we really play them, the same team we're about to face? This yeah. Week? Well, in so many ways, yes, because they're still dealing with all the same stuff yeah. they were. Like okay. their offensive line is still a nightmare. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you saw the injury report yesterday, right? Yeah. Let me pull that it up. It had a lot of guys on it. It's got a ton of guys. Five linemen. But on the injury report? Four of them are, are the starters, I believe. And then the backup tackle, who's been backing up for Trent, Trent Williams? Trent Williams is on, uh, he's on the list all season long. Like, he's going to be dealing with his knee. 
He's and he did not practice and did not play last week. He did not play. uh, Ty Nsecki is his backup. He played left tackle. Brandon Sheriff's probably going to play, but he's on the yeah he's on the report. Chase uh, Rulier, Rulier probably. Uh, He's their backup center. Spencer Long's out, so he's on the injury report as well. Morgan Moses has been dealing with an ankle since around the time the Cowboys played him. He's probably going to play, but yeah, so both ankles. Your your starting line is not in, in in much better shape than it was the last yeah. time we saw them. Um, Ari Quanjo is probably the guy that's going to play left guard. They brought him in in the time since. Tony Bergstrom is the center if Rulier can't go. So like I mean they're dealing with a lot of issues here. But also like we alluded to, Chris Thompson is now on IR after he hurt himself in New Orleans. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think we all said in that last game he was the guy that scared us most about yeah. that offense. Right? He, he was having I mean like Lance Dunbar, but way better. Like remember how Lance Dunbar was on pace for like a hundred yeah. catches or whatever. Like he was having that type of season, but he had sustained it for way longer. Um. But so, so here they come out. They remember they drafted Samaje Pirine out of OU, who's good running back, solid running back. I should solid, say. just workman like college yeah. bulldozer guy. Like doesn't really wow you with anything that he does, but he's just a solid all around guy. He had twenty 20- like Alfred Morris. Yeah, twenty four carries for a hundred yards. That I mean that hasn't been their style since Rob Kelly got hurt. Really, Is and still the answer to a trivia question. No, Ryan? no, because uh, or. Did he break Gordon's record the week after? Yeah. All right, then, yeah, as far as I know, he still has the record. Most rushing yards in a game, college football. Which bums me out because Darius Geis has come really close a couple of times, right? What's the record? 436. Oh, never mind. No, Darius Geis never came close to that. Isn't it like 400? I thought the record was like 320-something. That's NFL. I don't know. Whatever. Mm. Darius Geis never played in the NFL. Not yet. Not yet. He's on his way. He's coming. It's good. Um... 24 carries, 100 yards, like just much more straight, straight ahead, just running the ball. Like, I mean, that's what they have. That's what they got to do. Like, Rob Kelly's hurt. Thompson's on IR. P. Ryan's like really their only viable running back left. Now, they gave up six sacks in this game to the Giants. So, like, their offensive line is and probably will continue to be a problem. Jordan Reed uh, was ruled out of last week's game, and he is also on the Did injury report with a hamstring. So, uh, Vernon Davis and Niles Paul are probably the guys you're looking at. I think that could be huge for the Cowboys just in the sense of that's one less tight end. I mean, they've done pretty well against Vernon end. Davis is not a bad tight end. Obviously. No, he's not. And he's, he's having like a career renaissance up there. Yeah. So like he's a guy to watch, but yeah. I like their odds of dealing with him a lot better if they don't also have to deal with Josh Reed or Josh Reed, <laughs> Jordan Reed. Josh yeah. Reed was an LSU wide receiver. I'd say yeah, I don't know that Josh Reed. I'm not familiar with his work. Josh, Bills. Josh Doxson. Yes, he's coming on. He he's, is coming on. He's looking. He's looking like and he's trouble. a guy that scares you if yeah. he gets it going because he's a guy that can catch balls all over the place. He scares me because well, the Cowboys secondary hasn't been that great at covering guys in the first place, but like he's he's making catches when he's well covered. Right. So what can he do if he's not well covered? Um, <laughs> he looks like a first round. He looks like the first round pick that he was. And then if you're looking for like, I think, the, and this shouldn't be surprising, but the way that they're replacing Chris Thompson, at least through one game, it looks like Jamison Crowder does even more of that. He had 10 targets, seven receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown. And he's fast, but, like, he's not the guy that you send down the field outside the numbers. Like, he does a lot of his stuff underneath, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of bubble screens. He's a slack guy for the most part, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And But he did. And when, when I think about the first game of the, the season, the first game they played, wasn't it, like, early in the game where he was – 
streaking down the field. I mean, that was the first he big can do play. It. Like he did it no. last year. I want to say. I don't. That's mean, just not. As... I don't mean to say that he can't do it. Yeah. He just, like the stuff that scares me. Like if you remember the first game up there, he was the guy who just crossed the field from the slot and got just he just was behind everybody and was standing there in front of the safeties. It was like a forty-one yard gain. I think. Yeah. He just got lost, and that's you know Brian talks about it all the time. Like just lose him in the trash. Like he'll just cross the whole formation and like the guys trailing him get picked off by their own guys. And all of a sudden nobody's covering him. Like that's what scares me. And if he gets that kind of lead, he's fast enough where he'll turn it into a score. Yeah. And again, Samaj P Ryan's a good player, but he's not like a dynamic running back. He's not a pass catcher. So he did have three receptions for 30 yards, but he's not Chris Thompson is what I mean. Um, and I think they probably look at Crowder to fill that role or try to fill that role of, you know, slot stuff, short passes, swing routes, wheel routes, crossing routes, all that type of stuff. Um, so I think it, it's it's a lot of the same stuff. But the thing that I'm curious about is, like, I would imagine they're going to try to run the ball much more smash mouth with this, you know, current group of personnel. Okay, Defensively. Uh, well, we got to start with the injury report again. Like it's, I'm, I'm, it's unbelievable how many things these guys are dealing with. Martrell Spate is limited with an ankle. Um, Monte Nicholson, starting safety, has a concussion and did not participate. Terrell McLean, our old friend, toe did not participate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's different. Uh, Matt Ioannidis, who is also, he's another defensive. Oh, wow. That was shade. Where'd you get your what? degree? That was what shade. Yeah, right. What? Uh, he yeah. played the first game, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was shade. <laughs> He'd been a pre- he had a pretty healthy season is what I've been getting to. Matt Ioannidis, who has been really good for them on their defensive line, has hand and ankle injuries. He was not as smooth as you think you are. I'm not hey, trying to be smooth. I'm just saying. I went right past it. Like yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he's hurt. Derek, what's your problem? No, but like you were. No problem. I don't. Okay. I just asked where you got your degree from. Zach Brown, their best linebacker, Band. is limited with a with shoulder and Achilles injuries. Now, a lot of these guys are limited on Monday, which is good signs for their availability. But clearly, they're not at full strength. Um, of course, they got the guy back from the last game. They do have Josh Norman back. Yes. Thank you. That matters. He will be playing in this game. He will be on the left side. Look, he, does- he doesn't. Tra- he doesn't travel a lot. He can, but he doesn't do it a lot. Okay. But I would imagine he'll be on Des a decent amount. Yeah. Um, DJ Swearinger, who like I've always Go up and down. Like I've always thought of him as like he's like the guy that's always trying to lower the boom, and more often than not, he misses. But he's got like three picks in the last yeah. three weeks or something like that. He's so he's playing well. Um, and then you have Kerrigan and uh, Preston Smith as your rush ends which is especially concerning since now both of the Cowboys' offensive tackles are gimpy right now. So, I mean, we'll see what that means, but the Cowboys' lineup on Sunday was Chaz Green and Byron Bell, and I don't like that one <laughs> bit against Ryan Kerrigan and Preston. That guy always plays well, Kerrigan. Yeah, yeah he's really a good player. I mean, he does you know, it every week. Like, you know, player. You know, I was I was thinking about this to the Cowboys' offense. You know how we saw the Chargers do it and the Red, um, Redskins have done it where – you know, just guys are just streaking across the field. You know, next thing you know, this is wide open. Dallas never seems to do that. And I think it goes back once again for the 97th time that when you have speed, you have guys that can, I mean, you have guys that can open up that middle there. When nobody's going 
40 yards down the field and not only going 18, 19 yards, then the middle's never open. You know what I mean? It's, there's never this wide open space. So that's why I think that this team needs to use a little bit more of the field vertically to open up those things like that. And you got to have a good offensive line that can block long enough for that play to develop like that. But you just never seen that they, they have enough room that way. Somebody's got to be taking it deep, right? Don't you think part of that, though, is you you, you got to have – you got to get open. And, and that seems to be what, what I'm hearing more often than not as one of the big problems is even if you got a guy going deep, if he never can shake loose of anyone – if there's never a guy that's actually open, it depends then I don't if he helps, takes the it? safety with him. That's the key. Does he take a safety? But I'm saying him? even if even if he takes the safety with him, if you got guys underneath who are in man coverage and they can't get open, then are you still in the same position? Well, that's that's the point. If if say Bryce Butler has got to step on his his uh, corner and the safety has to go back with them, so there's two guys now 40 yards down the field and you're blocking pretty well up front and you've got a quarterback that can buy time, I would think any receiver in the NFL could probably get open. I mean, can figure out a way to find the open man. Anybody can get open if you give them six seconds. That's what I'm saying. But they just don't have that much room because the routes aren't going deep. Whatever. I don't know anything. (laughs) What do you all think about Kirk Cousins? I like him. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he is. I think if if Washington lets him walk out of the door this next offseason without giving him a new contract, I think it's a dumb move. I think I agree with you. Like I have, I mean, he he's not the best quarterback in the league, but I think he's about as good as you can reasonably expect to find again. Like you know, you're you're not just gonna find a guy as good as him if you let him go. Like, he's good enough. Right he's good enough that if you give him the right parts, you can have yourself a team that can compete. And that's the whole point of the NFL. You got to have a quarterback that's good enough to give you a chance to compete. He's good enough. He's certainly good enough. 66% on the year, 3,000 yards already with another month to play, 19 touchdowns, six picks. I think he's really good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he could use some help. And he's good for like a boneheaded mistake or two every now and then, especially like from trying Happens. to do too much. Like he's not on he's not on the Rodgers level, but I think he's a really good quarterback. And it's crazy. to I, Like a report came out after they beat the Giants that the Redskins want to see more. And he even said, he was like, if you want to, okay, like, I'd like to think I've got a big enough body of work that five more games isn't really going to make that much of a difference, but okay. It doesn't matter, because for him, when when they don't franchise him this year, if they don't offer him the right contract, there will be, I know there will be a list of teams that will be lining up for his services, because they will see the fact that he is certainly good enough to win in this league. I would hire him. Absolutely. If, if I needed a He's quarterback. a good quarterback. I'm trying to think of, like, where he could go – now that San Francisco is no longer an option, well, that the, Denver they, they could be San, just because San Francisco getting Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't mean is it is this option. deal up after this year or next year? Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, it's up soon, yeah. and I you know like people are like, hey, San Francisco could try to trade him to somebody else just because they have him now, like whatever. So sure. San Francisco, Miami, Denver's an option, Denver, right? Jacksonville. So there's there's teams out there that are looking for quarterbacks. I'd be very happy to have. Him. I think it would be awesome if he left the division. That would I be would. great for the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because then then what why? is Washington? Excuse me, what is Washington? Why have? though? He's one in five against the Cowboys. No, and that's I mean it's not for lack of trying. Like right. we can pull up his stats in those games. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I and I would prefer it if the Redskins didn't have one. He's a good I, quarterback, but the problem is is that I, people want the elite quarterbacks. You know, when Romo was probably Romo's entire career, he was probably five to ten 
in the Depending NFL. Depending on what year he was at. Yeah, yeah. but always like right there. Yeah. He just never was the, the, the elite. And there's not 32 elite quarterbacks. And so Cousins, that's where Cousins is. And I don't think Cousins is 5 to 10, but I think Cousins is probably 10 to 15. And But that's fine, though. I mean, there's always there's always guys like that. I mean, like, it's just kind of frustrating for a team because it's like somebody like Cincinnati. Like, he's your guy. You paid him. He's your guy, but he's just not that good. Yeah, but I, I'll say this. kind of in the same boat. I mean, Stafford's really good. He puts up a lot of stats, but he's good for a bonehead player, you know, one or two a game. But you're describing Romo. That's and, fine. And, but I, and I think I think that's the point, though. You're stuck you have, with him. That's what I'm saying. You're right. stuck with him because you have to sign him. You're stuck with that quarterback for a while, and he's not going to be Brady, Rodgers, or Breeze. But that's the problem. That's the best you're going to do. You're not going to get Brady. If you're waiting for right. Brady, Rodgers, or Breeze to show up in your building— then you're probably going to be waiting for a very, very long time. It's the same time. thing Romo did. Romo was always good enough to get you 8-8 eight and eight or better, and so you're not picking where the Eagles were to get wins. You're not able to do that. So you, then, then at that point, you have to surround them with the right talent in order to yeah. make to use their skills, but they can't be just – it can't Jay be just Cutler, there, to be To be fair, the Eagles picked like 14th that year. They did drastic things to get up there and get him. But Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know what, though? Like – I think like like Derek said, like that's as good as you can hope for. At the end of the day, as amazing as they are, Rodgers and Breeze have won one Super Bowl. Yeah. And they did that with the help of like I mean, those were great supporting casts. He had like Charles Woodson on his defense and they weren't great and you know, Breeze had the benefit of a defense that forced like thirty six takeaways that year and and they've struggled to get back there ever since. And that's And this year's the year that they are doing well, but it's their defense is back to playing like it was playing that year. And the last time they were good before this, their defense, when they had Rob Ryan, their defense was second in the league magically, and then it fell off a cliff. I've just never I mean, thought that sounds about familiar. Right. Yeah. Right. Sounds about right. yeah. I've never really just thought he was that good. And I think it goes back to this one game that they played. I forgot what year the Garcon went nuts on him for, you know, and it was the end of the game, and it was fourth and 10, and he just, you know, he's getting rushed, and this is it. It's like you're down by three, you got to go win the game. He's, Throws it out of bounds because you know he saved the sack. It's fourth and ten. Yeah, Cowboys took over, kneeled the ball three times, and we got out of there. I think that happens sometimes, though, when you have a young quarterback. Young quarterbacks make young quarterback decisions. I know. Well, you say that, but I mean, you wouldn't expect a senior in college to do that. No, but I, I do think though, in, when you're playing in the NFL and you're dealing with the NFL pass yeah. rush and the speed of the NFL, sometimes you make decisions when you're young. Because you're trying to get, you're frantically and trying to. Do I can something. see the Redskins' frustration of wanting a little better than that. You but can, it's just not there. It is what it is. Yeah, it, it you is. can do that with a small sample size across the board, though. Like I, I didn't even work here at the time. Y'all probably think I did, but I watched <laughs> the season-ending loss to the Redskins in 2012. I watched on TV. I had no idea I was ever going to work here. And the pick that Romo threw on that wheel route to basically end the game, I mm. was just like, yeah. It happens. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like how'd that happen? And you know, and then you form your opinion of a guy based on that one play rather than like a mm -hmm. decade worth of work. You're just like, yeah, he sucks. I get why Dallas fans don't like him. Right. Then you get here and you cover him and you see him do all. I mean, 2014. And then happens. you see all the plays, not just that one play yeah. that was on high, that was on Sports Center, right? Yeah. And it's and once you get a, an appreciation for all that they do, then it's like they're a much better quarterback than people give. But, you know, and the thing about Romo is last year he wasn't really getting that appreciation because you know Dak jumped in and did all these great things, and it's like, see, you know, it, Romo was the problem. Now, as you see it this year, you're like. I mean, it's a little bit 50-50. I mean, the things Dak is doing, Romo couldn't do. He couldn't run. You know, he couldn't take some of those hits that in that Atlanta game. But 
I'm writing a column about that right now. I can't it's wait to read it. Kind of like the you don't know what you have till it's gone slash not only that, but like appreciate what you have at the same. Like I'm terrified that people are going to start doing the same thing to Dak that they did to Romo. And that like and it's a career full of people just bashing you for really, like, in my opinion, no, no yeah. reason. Learn your lesson from the first time, basically, is what I'm trying to say. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to get some questions. Call us 214-872-2102 or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com slash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nicholas, take it away. You know, I really don't have anything specific Just, other than the fact that Tommy John, you know, it's 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 consistent. It's always there. It's always good. Every time you put it on, you realize, man, this is the best underwear I've ever felt. And if you've never put it on, it's your fault because we only tell you every day that you need to go to TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get how much you get off your first order? 20%. 20%. Darren, 20%. Darren McFadden percent. You get Darren McFadden percent <laughs> off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Cowboys. Way awesome. to keep it brief. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> got it. Nice. <laughs> I thought it was right. Oh, this is a women's cap. <laughs> That's a woman's cap? Yeah. Hey, I got a great man's cap here for you. What's you up with the toys out. here? Why this is Witten wearing got a the neck same brace? Hat. It's not a neck brace. It's a neck brace. <laughs> to it's keep the bobblehead. I know. Bobbling. This is actually a great hat. It's uh, it's called the, this one they put in here for us today. I actually like it. I'm taking this one home. It's called the New Era Monochromat not Monochromatic Hat. I would put it on, but it's gonna mess up my fro. So That's I'm true. gonna keep it off. But oh, I actually this this hat actually it's half price right now. Show it to the camera, Normally, there, Derek. Right I'm sorry. You. Yeah, right, right there. there. Got it. It's twenty nine ninety nine usually. Now it's only fourteen ninety nine. Hey, uh, so it's a good deal right now to go and. You know, Thursday night, shop. 
the Cowboys are going to be playing. Um, you know, they always have to change up the uniforms a little bit. Yep. So Thursday night when the Cowboys play, they'll be wearing their regular helmets as always. But this helmet right here just looks cool too. I love it. Yeah, blue. Wouldn't it be something cool? Something they'll never wear. But it's color rush. If the Cowboys one year went all navy or all royal, like that would be really cool. I, I do. They would probably. I would like to see a blue uniform. Like Me blue. too. And all blue. Jason Witten. Yeah. This That's is sweet. just still, you know, still in a Cowboys uniform, not like a with a neck brace, headset, and a he's not the Tennessee Tennessee head coach. head coach. I didn't realize his eyes were like this. This is a little creepy. That's okay. Oh, as is Halloween, Jason Witten, right here. It's good though. Still, still playing with the Cowboys though. Not planning to coach right now. Nope. This week, not a story you expected to write yesterday, huh, Dave? <laughs> it's been a weird season, guys. It's been a real <laughs> weird season. Jason Witten. happens like that sometimes. Jason Witten was like, he looked just as surprised as me. He was like, wait, what? Somebody did not help him out there. No, he did not get a lot of. Because that story was, I mean, you came into the podcast room yesterday talking about it. I knew about that at 8 o'clock yesterday morning. I don't think Jason Witten learned about it until like 1, until locker room. 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wait, what? But I'm going to do what? <laughs> he, he he was very careful with his answer because it's not you know being the head coach of Tennessee right now in 2017 is ridiculous but down the road 24? yeah I mean 2021 yeah there's no doubt in my mind he wants to be a coach well he said that yesterday yeah. yeah he said it coaching is something he has an interest in in his future but like I, I would imagine gonna play a game I now. got a, I'm I, I just got done practicing for a game that I'm playing in right Listen, whatever, yeah, just, whatever this next coach that ever that they hire, that you know, hopefully they can appease the Tennessee fans, but uh, and and they can hire a coach. But whoever it is, let's say he's the forty or thirty fifth coach ever in Tennessee history. This this guy will be thirty six. Wow, that's what I think. Call your shot. Mm. So, so Witten's probably hoping they get someone okay. Not someone that's going to be there 12 years. <laughs> just somebody that's okay. Just win a little <laughs> bit every now and then and just warm the seat for him. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go ahead and jump into some questions. The number's 214-872-2102, or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Uh, let's start with a question from uh, the phone lines. we got Rob in Vegas. Rob, what up? Hey, everybody. Hey. What's up? You know, we're talking about uh, kick return. Is, uh, last kick return I remember that was really fast was Randall Williams. Like for when Parcells was here a couple of years, you know, they kept trying to get this guy in the field, couldn't catch his claim to fame was running back that onside kick against Philly. Fastest mm-hmm. touchdown uh, in the history of the NFL. That's so what they say. It is talking about, uh, you know, moves. I see they're going to bench probably uh, Anthony Brown. The two moves that I would like to see made pretty uh, quickly is I think they got to get Byron Jones out of safety position and, and move him to corner. I don't think he's built to play safety and his tackling style of jumping on your back and hanging on until you fall down from being tired just doesn't work at a safety. I think he's a better corner. And let's get Dez to return punts. If the best wide receiver in football, Antonio Brown, can do it, I think we could risk Dez doing it, get him into the flow of the game, and I think you know he's an excitable player. He could, he could jumpstart this offense. And I just think those are two moves. They could do Thursday, and uh, let's see what happens. I mean, we got to win five in a row to have a chance at the playoffs. So, I like to see that happen. All right, thanks for the call. You know, I, I've said that about Des and, and returning punts for a couple of years now, and, and I agree that you know you see other stars do it. Deshaun Jackson had, had done it for many years. Wes Welker did it when they were the starters. 
Um, the, the only thing right now that that I'm not sure it would work is because Dez isn't making anyone miss in the open field as a receiver. You know, so like now it's a little different when you're playing kick, kick returner because you don't have the same type of tacklers and they're running full speed and they're not, you know, they're a little out of control. So you can maybe make some plays there, but, you know, he hasn't really shown that ability of just get the ball in his hands and make plays. He hasn't done that this year. But it's it's an opportunity to give him a chance, and I, I I would do it. There are great special teams players in the league, but they're not starters for a reason. Like they're, I mean, they're not your front line tacklers. So I, I you know, the, I'd like to see him. I'd like, and I wouldn't want him to do it all the time. I've always said that, but like I I would give him a chance. But but what I would tell him is is like if you're gonna do it, catch it, go up there and catch it because we're gonna put you in there when they're pinned back at the ten yard line. The guy's standing in his end zone. He's gonna punt it to the midfield you better catch it because if you decide that uh, it's, it's going a little crazy i'd rather just hit, let it bounce and it goes 30 yards down to the 20 and you just killed the field position we gave you that's not good and switzer does it too sometimes you know i mean i don't care who it is i mean the best punt returners the cowboys have had are, have been the slowest guys other than dion dion was different he was just insane but guys like kelvin martin patrick creighton they were really good they weren't very fast they just caught the ball. Reggie Swinton was fast. Up right? the field. Reggie Swinton was pretty fast. Yeah. Just but got up the field. Just go. Whatever it is. Don't worry about it. And you know what? You're gonna get hit. It's gonna hurt. Because they're going. So but you gotta be a little crazy. You gotta be a little you crazy. Gotta enjoy the that part of it. Yeah. Uh what's her crazy enough? Not be afraid of that part of it, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Um Jason Garrett was asked about moving Byron yesterday and he said no. So I mean maybe he'd be better at corner. I think Nick's been saying that since like week two, really. So Maybe he would be, but I'm not. And I'm sad about that because if you remember two years ago on the show and Brian and I argued about it a lot, I thought he was a safety from the start. And he, he thought he was a corner or at least said it at the time. And I saw, I thought you know, he needed to be a safety. And But, but Rob's right in, you know, on the, the caller because he doesn't tackle well enough to be a safety. He's got pretty good awareness. He's got good range and all that. But then again, is he is he that good of a cover guy? I was just what about is to say, like, I don't know that, that his coverage skills are good enough for him to be a corner. So I, I almost think, you know, you hear about tweeners on, on the defensive front. I almost wonder if he's a tweener. Like, he's an okay cover guy, decent tackler, but not great at either one to make you say, oh, yeah, that safety's for him. Or it's going to be awkward like, he's here. He's kind of in between. Was it May? May. Yeah, that's the deadline to offer him a fifth-year option. Would you do it? No. No. Although, but I don't know where I would argue he's made some really fantastic plays in coverage, like throughout his career. I don't know that I trust him to do it 18 times a game, like as an outside corner. Really, this isn't what you want to hear about your first round pick, but like his his best role to this point has just been like when he covers the tight end and he's like a dime back type of he's out there in situations where there's extra defensive backs on the field. That's. That's the other thing to consider here. Most of those plays, you've probably seen him. He's been covering tight ends. Right. If he's a corner and having to cover That's receivers. what I'm saying. Yeah. I trust him to make good plays and coverage against tight ends and maybe bigger wide receivers, but like not not the Julio Joneses of the world, yeah. at least not from what I've seen. Um, yeah. Can't pay I mean, that kind of money for a slot corner is basically what he has become. You're, you got to make a decision on his fifth-year option in May, and we'll see. Right I, now, you just don't think it's worth it. I that's that's tough. I mean, they didn't off. They've 
they've been giving these guys their options because they've been good players. I mean, it's been Zach and Travis and Tyron. They did not offer Mo his, and that was mainly because of injuries. And got him back on a one-year Yeah, deal. Byron's been available. You can say that for him. Like, he's never missed a game, has he? I don't think so. Not that I recall, yeah. He's never missed a game. Has he been on the injury report? Like, I'm trying no, to think he was earlier this. Report. He was earlier this year, really briefly, remember? Like, like Thursday with, practice, and yeah. he had a little something, a groin or something. So, I mean, he's available. He's good enough to be out there. He'll he'll make a play every now and then, but I don't know if that merits a fifth-year option. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Well, I think a part of that also has to be what do you think about Xavier Woods, right? I mean, if yeah. you if you, you you're a lot of times what you do is dictated by what you have as well. Well, the other I believe, and I need to read up because I'm not in off-season mode right now, but I'm pretty sure that deadline is after the draft, so you could also wait and see what you pick up in the draft. All right. So, okay, Amber, let's take a question from Twitter. Well, we already talked about Tony Romo and Dak for a little bit, but here's a question. Can you guys compare the growth that each of them have had during their second year? So if you were to compare Dak right now versus Tony Romo's growth in his second year. Well, uh, um, it's, well it's, it's tough to do because yeah. it, it, Romo's second year of playing was his uh, fourth year. Fourth year yeah. So, and, you know, Dak, Dak was prepared, you know, his senior year, he's playing against Alabama and LSU and those tough places to play, while Romo really didn't have a big crowd until he got to the preseason game, you know. And so, it, 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 tough comparison, but we'll try. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that – I think Romo's a little bit more of a student of the game, you know, when it, when it comes to knowing where, you know, defenses are and, and knowing, you know, how to, how to beat them. And so I think that he's got more development that way, but I think Dak's got more physical tools to kind of just when the lights come on, just kind of go make plays, just kind of doesn't look pretty all the time, but you know, and, and Romo did that as well. So I, I was, uh, we're, we talking about his second year as a starter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. have to the second yeah. year is I was, um, so I was a freshman in college. And I like was was Romo like great at moving guys and audibling at the line the no, way? No, what what actually what what Romo was great at that early in his career was he was great at extending plays, improvising. That's what yeah. he was great at. Like True. he had the ability on any given play. The the play that always comes back to my mind is that game against the Rams. Ball gets snapped over his head. He runs back. He grabs mm -hmm. it. He makes a little move. He gets the defense to kind of buy into maybe the fact that he's going to throw it, but he runs it, and he picks up, I think, two yards or something like that. Right. But the fact is, it was one of the most remarkable plays you ever want to see. Yeah. That sums up what he was early in his Okay, but, but here's the difference, though. Rome, that, that mentality was, I can make this play. I am good enough to make this play. And and what sometimes he'd get down in the red zone and there would be a linebacker here and a safety here and he said I can make that throw. Well, right between you, them. you didn't. It was intercepted and that and Bill Parcells is now yelling at you. Uh and he indiscriminate did, throws as well. And he did that even 2012 when you weren't even with the Cowboys yet. He was just kind of doing like flip passes with the season on the line and getting intercepted. And Brett Favre <laughs> did that his whole career as well. One of his last throws ever with the Vikings was help the, the Saints get to the Super Bowl. So he's when it's in you, it's still in you. But Dak is better than that. Like Dak has been like taught, trained, brainwashed, whatever it is. Like he doesn't really make those that, that often. And so I guess that's the point I was going to make before Dave uh, started talking about that is – I actually think that if you want to look at Dak and, and Tony at this at the same stage in their career, 
I actually think that they were very similar from the standpoint that they both could make plays by extending by ex- extending plays. But I do think from a standpoint of Romo, I think he was way more reckless with the ball at this stage than Dak is. Uh, okay. And here, Dak is like historic. And it's a bad time to talk about it because he's got five turnovers right. in the last two games. But he's been historically good with the ball for right. such a young player. Um, if Zeke comes back in these last two games that he plays and gets somehow gets 230 yards and gets to 1,000, that'll, that'll be the second 1,000-yard rusher that's played with, with Dak. And I think Tony has three. So, and all of his career, and, and Dak would have two. That just goes to show that they had different offenses around them as well. Uh, no Jul- Julius Jones went for 1,004 yards like his first year. And then... Not uh, until DeMarco. Not until DeMarco had a couple. And in fact, if you really want to say Romo as a full-time starter, because he wasn't a full-time starter in 06. So if you want to say just full-time starter, that he's had two in his career. And... Dak has a good chance to get two. He obviously would have had two if Zeke wouldn't. And I think that his ability to be able to, because they really, they were, I won't say they put it all on his back because they still, with Marion Barber, they were efficient running the ball. Oh, yeah. That was a big part of their offense. And they had a good offensive line back then, too. Um, So I I think that, you know, you could probably make a case that both of them, at this stage of their career, everything wasn't necessarily heaped on them. Uh, They had other parts to the team. They, I think back then they had a better defense. Uh, that, that Romo's working with than what they got right now. Dallas, That's like, probably not a big stretch to say. Didn't Dallas set an NFL record for Pro Bowlers in Romo's second season? Yeah, that's not always a good indicator. Saying, yeah, I got Like you. 13 of them or yeah, something. 13. When they have a good season, they get guys to the Pro Bowl. You know, it happens like that. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back uh, tomorrow. Check the website on the time. The time may differ a little bit tomorrow, but check that out. Until then, we'll see you guys uh, next week on Monday if we don't have that show tomorrow. For Nick Eaton, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?